This podcast is brought to you by JAM, Junction Arts and Media, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Welcome to our 14th episode of the Intersection Podcast with your host, myself, Julius. This podcast is intended to promote different voices from the Upper Valley, sharing their experience of community and providing a form for each participant to be heard without comment or judgment. Our guest today will remain anonymous, and we invite you, listener, to just simply listen. For I guess our first question, what is your personal vision or definition of community? So my personal vision or definition of community, it's complicated. I think I, I have some competing definitions and conflicted, I think, when I think about what community means to me. I think on the one hand, I have probably a kind of a romantic notion of what community is or should be. And on the other hand, I think I have, I feel cautious a little bit about being part of or defining a community, you know, given community. I think to elaborate on that, you know, the romantic side, I think uh, a community has like a shared commitment to something some kind of shared commitment, some shared interest even, can be something that people choose you know, for themselves. They decide voluntarily to gather around to pursue some joint project, or it can also be, you know, a community can be something you find yourself in. And often I feel like that's, when I think about it, the first thing that comes to mind is the place you live. Your neighbors, your immediate neighbors, your neighborhood that you live in, the town, and there's concentric circles, you know, going out, and people feel different, I think, allegiances to, you know, different strata within, you know, those those concentric circles. When you think about the place, the place I live in, people need to count on one another for various things. Everybody has a different role they play in a community. People um, depend on one another for their work, for food, for care, various kinds of care, various services, all the things that you, you need to function, you know, in society. So I think of those things when I think of community. And the warm and fuzzy feelings are when people like one another, <laughs> get along, <laughs> but there's also conflict within communities, I think, you know, and that's not a bad thing. I think communities, when I think about community, people don't always disagree. Whenever you have a group of people, from big things to small things. And being able to talk about those things, work those things out, I think is a healthy, good thing, you know, part of a community. When I think about some of the, there's like a dark <laughs> lining, I guess, I don't know if that's the right phrase, mm-hmm. with communities where there's always an inside and an outside to a community. And to be part of a community, you know, means there's other people who aren't part of that community. And I feel like that's always shifting, you know, where those borders are. And so I think that's a tricky aspect of it. When you embrace a community, feel you belong to a community, you're also at the same time always deciding, you know, who's not part of that community, um, who's on the outside of that community. So I feel like it's like a two-sided, you know, two sides of the same coin. Now you said uh, the romantic side, but you also said the... There's a darker side. Darker side. Yeah, there's a ch- more challenging side. Mm-hmm. When I think about the inside and outside, oh, when, establishing okay. those boundaries. Okay. Based on what you just described, I mean, what in your experience shaped that vision of community? You know, growing up, 
I didn't feel like I had a, a hugely, I didn't feel like I had a real sense of community. My group, my parents are immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I think back on it now, you know, I did not have extended family anywhere nearby growing up, which, you know, as I've grown up, you know, lots of other people have grandparents, uncles, aunts nearby who they knew. Like I didn't meet uh, many of my extended family, which I have a large extended family, but I didn't meet a lot of them until I was much older. So that was part of feeling unrooted where I was and feeling new mm-hmm. uh, where I was. My parents were new to the area. They both left fairly. My father left that area when I was in elementary school. My, my mother left when I was in high school. Uh, and so I never feeling, I don't have a, a notion that I go back to, like that's what I want my mm-hmm. community to be like, that I can sort of reflect back on. It's more something I've pieced together for myself you know, just through my experiences, and a lot of it has to, it has to be kind of intentional, because it's, like, not something that I can think about and say, like, oh, I had this, and so I want that. It's really more, I guess it comes from a a place of just talking to people, being in the world. When I think specifically, I mean, I think about, it crystallized more for me, I guess, when I was in college, and became, I guess I found a community for myself, sort of formed a community for myself, around probably, you know, when I was in college, I really thought of myself as an activist. And those were people I felt like I could see eye to eye with, have really good conversations with, bond with. Yeah, I mean, so those are some of the formative experiences, I think, that shaped, you know, sort of how I think about community. So would it be fair to say that you created your own community, so, so, so to speak? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Um, some of those communities were already in formation. You know, it's not like I invented them. Other people, there were circles of people that I connected with and, you know, I contributed to that community. At different times, I also felt, you know, I brought people together, but there were different times where I felt also where I didn't belong in those same communities that I kind of created also, you know, for myself. So, yeah, there's that sort of push-pull kind of tension. So how do you experience community here in the Upper Valley? I still feel fairly new <laughs> to the Upper Valley, even though I've been here for several years and I've met many people who've, who are even newer than myself and who, who joke that I'm like old, an old guard <laughs> Upper <laughs> Valley resident, which I'm not. I, I, I still feel fairly new here. Moved here just before the pandemic. I feel like I was just starting to meet my neighbors, just starting to get familiar with person who works at the post office and some people around town. And then the pandemic, everything shut, <laughs> shut down for the pandemic. And so that was kind of a lonely period of time, I would say, especially as a new person here. It was lonely. I didn't know that many people. I was still just making friends, um, getting to know my surroundings and get situated. So that was tough. I got to see, like, I read about and heard about like other people being there for one another during the pandemic, and I, I was impressed by that. That left an impression on me, uh, the extent to which people kind of took care of one another. And, you know, as things have been opening up more, I would say my community here, I mean, a lot of it has been through my son's school, meeting other parents, that, and then through them meeting other people in the area, forming bonds with people. And, you know, as I've met more people through that network, I've tried to, I've made an effort lately to 
give more of my time, you know, than I can. I think there was a period of time in which when my son was much younger, I felt like I had no time to give. Uh, but as he's gotten older, I've made an effort to give more of my time to various volunteer efforts, um, and that's been another way that I've sort of experienced community here. Uh, what do you do to build community? Yeah, volunteering has been my um, giving more of my time. I think to elaborate on that, I, I had sort of thought, uh, I sort of resisted efforts to just give my time <laughs> because I, you know, I wanted to do things. Uh, there's a time in my life where I wanted to do things where I thought I would have a big impact. And now when I volunteer, it's really for me to meet people. <laughs> it's not about what I can give. I, you know, I give what I can give, but I'm just a person, and it's mostly to, to meet other people. You know, I think when I was much younger, I would find myself inconvenienced by <laughs> some of these commitments. And now I find myself seeking out the inconvenience. I find that inconvenience to be like a positive thing, to be allow myself to be inconvenienced. And it's not really... I don't view it through the lens of convenience anymore, but to like form attachments to people, form bonds, allow people to count on me, to count on other people, mm -hmm. that has always been a difficult thing for me personally. So just opening up in that way has been a good thing for me in terms of you know, becoming more part mm -hmm. of this community. So let me ask you this. So think, think about a time when you felt like you were excluded from the Upper Valley. And what were their circumstances? Well, the first thing that jumps to mind was fairly early on when I was here, I think just before the pandemic, I was at a, an event uh, in the community, in the Upper Valley, and I met somebody you know, who was actually a teacher in one of the schools here. And we had an interesting conversation, which really stuck with me. And... I remember him telling me a little bit about what he taught, and he asked, you know, where are you from? And there was a little bit of prickliness, I think, in our conversation. I still had Massachusetts plates on our <laughs> car. I think I hadn't even registered yet. I don't remember how we ended up here in the conversation that this person and I had, but he did tell me, you know, he, he made a point of saying to me that he didn't think you were a real Vermonter, unless you'd been here for like five generations or something like that. That's not the last time I heard that. I remember it sticking with me and uh, thinking, well, I guess I'll never be <laughs> Vermonter by that measure. And I remember being particularly uh, miffed by that. I remember talking to my wife on the way home and thinking that five generations counting back and, you know, I'm, I'm Asian American uh, and I'm Chinese my ancestors would not would have been excluded from living <laughs> from like five generations ago. So I, I thought of that as well and thought that that was just not, not a good position to hold. And then as I've gotten to know the area, area more, thinking, um, you know, we should welcome people. <laughs> here. That was a moment where I really felt excluded uh, by that. I thought, and since I didn't know anyone really yet, I thought, does everyone feel this way? I know not everyone feels that way, but now, now I know that. But that was a moment where I, um, I did feel excluded <laughs> for Valley. Mm -hmm. So why was that challenging to you? As a new person here, I want to be part of the community. I want to be accepted. And that was a, a bar that's like clearly 
not something I could ever meet, <laughs> a standard that just isn't being possible. And I don't know if he was saying that just to, you know, just to needle me a little bit, but yeah, it was sort of somebody saying to me, you'll never be part of this community. That's how I took it, mm-hmm. you know. I have since found my, that my wife's done some genealogical research, and it turns out that one of her great, 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 great grandparents was a dairy farmer in Vermont. So our son could say, you know, he's like a seventh generation <laughs> Vermonter, but I, I, I don't go by that standard. So, uh, so, so based on that experience, how did you respond? I, let me think how I responded to that. In the moment, I'm not even sure I remember. I just, I think I just sort of looked at my wife and we just both sort of nodded and just didn't really say much uh, in response to that. I really didn't know what to say. How would you work with a similar feeling or situation in the future? In the future, I'd probably push back a little bit more. I'd probably question that sort of value and why somebody would hold that as a standard. And, yeah, I probably wouldn't just stand by quietly. I've thought about it a lot, you know, so I, I probably wouldn't just accept that silently. So based on that experience as well, what would you have, what kind of support would you have needed to feel included in that moment? I mean, what I would have loved is for another Vermonter <laughs> to be there, aside from my wife and myself who were brand new, to have been there to either hear that and respond and help us enter that conversation, or even someone that we knew afterwards who we could process that with. You know, we didn't really know anyone at that point. So, yeah, somebody else we could have talked to about that. Have you have you seen a person again? No. Nope. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you another question. We're going to go in another di- direction. But I want you to tell me about a time where you felt like you were a valued member of the community. What was the circumstance? Just last week just comes to mind. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I volunteered at my son's school, and uh, it was not particularly specialized, <laughs> you know, request that was asked of me. I just had, you know, somebody asked, I had the time, and I just showed up. And I didn't know anybody there. You know, not, not a lot of the people there knew each other, um, and we worked together to accomplish you know, a certain task for the kids at the school. And I just felt, I felt great when I was there. And afterwards, uh, I felt like I was accepted as part of the community, a part of the town we live in. I knew that the kids at the school were going to benefit from what we were doing. And it just felt good to be part of this group that had a shared commitment to something with a shared task. And you know, I, since then, I've seen some of these people again, you know, just in random places around town. Um, and so that really made me feel like, you know, I contributed. I felt like a valued contributor. The, the loose, the sort of loose bonds I formed, you know, I, it's not like we had any deep conversations with anybody, but mm-hmm. there were some sort of loose connections. So that next time I saw one of the folks I met, we were able to have a conversation. Other people I've seen since then, people who've commented on the outcome of our work that we did together. That's made me feel good and, and, you know, part of the community, yeah. What was, I mean, what was the, was the purpose of going was to try to create that community or you, or did you just go because you just had some free time? Was you hoping to create some type of community with the people that was there? That was my hope. I don't know what other people liked, why other people volunteered for this particular job, but for me, yeah, I thought about it and I said, 
you know, there's a, there was probably a time where I would have said, eh, I probably wouldn't be that good at this thing that's needed. And, you know, there's probably other people who could do it better than me. But, you know, really, I thought about it and said, this is an opportunity to be part of this community, to contribute, to build ties with people. And so for me, that was part of my thinking. Yeah. Uh, based on that whole experience, can you tell me one positive thing, one experience that was so positive for you during that time? During that experience? Yes. I mean, there were lots of little moments, lots of little moments of um, just joking with other people. It was kind of a, the task itself was not the most pleasant task that somebody would just do on their own. But yeah, just sharing smiles, sharing laughter, helping one another. Yeah, so it wasn't anything big. It was lots of little things, little moments. No one brought up Vermont, though, right? <laughs> Well, someone did. Someone asked me, well, it wasn't Vermont, but they asked me what, the question was what neighborhood I was part of. And I said the name of my town. And I, uh, afterwards, I realized, I think, he was referring to, uh, he sort of patted me on the back and said, I guess that's a community. Or no, I, said, I guess that's a, uh, no, he asked me what community I was part of. That's the question. Mm. And I, I named the town. I said, this, this community? <laughs> and, and he kind of laughed, and there was another, there were two el- older f- fellows, you know, and they, they sort of patted me on the back, and they were like, I guess that's a community. They're like, that's a community? I guess so. And uh, I think I realized afterwards they were referring to specific ha- sort of hamlets within the town. I don't even know what, uh, where I live, what that's called. Uh, I still don't. But, you know, I realized at that moment that that's <laughs> what they were probably referring to. I know some of the others, but not the one I live in. So what would you like to see more of to encourage community, inclusion in your community? I guess a couple things. I mean, in general, I would love to see people welcome newcomers. I mean, that experience I had has really stuck with me earlier on. You know, we often see that Vermont has, you know, Compared to where I lived before, it's about a tenth of the population. Vermont needs people. It needs new people. It would benefit from new people. <laughs> um, so I'd love for people to, and it's not to say people aren't already doing this, but that's one thing I'd love people to, to find ways to welcome and embrace newcomers. I'd love to see people just get more involved, more engaged with one another. I mean, there's a lot of that already. I think that even the small things I do to volunteer, I'd love to see more people do that. And I think those kinds of s- small interactions, those kinds of bonds, do a lot to build community. You know, when you start to see people over and over again, those small interactions, I think, become really meaningful. Well, thank you. Thank you for today's guest for sharing their experience of inclusion and exclusion here in the Upper Valley. If you would like to lend your voice and your experience to this podcast, please contact intersections at uvjam.org. That's intersections, I-N-T-E-R-S-E-C-T-I-O-N-S at uvjam, J-A-M dot org, O-R-G. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Jam podcast. If you have found this program interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content or learn how to produce your own media, please visit us at uvjam.org.